Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Told you I ain't as smooth as Pastor George. You know, I'm just an old farm boy living in the city. So, today you won't see notes and all of that kind of stuff because I didn't have time to put all that together, see. But the Bible says, be ready in season and out of season. So, when Pastor George uh, came ill and wasn't going to be able to be here, I got a call yesterday evening. And so, here I am today, okay? And we're going to talk about something. Oh, by the way, uh, men in the house, who was here last night? Was it awesome? It was awesome. And you know what we learned? The biggest thing that I pulled from this, which I already knew, but I was reminded of it, it doesn't matter who you are or what your status is in life or what people think of you. We all go through the same things. You know, and they had guys giving their testimony. How many of you ever heard of Toby Mack? These guys won countless Grammys, hundreds and thousands of songs that he's produced, you know, that have climbed the chart. He's talking about how he's gone through the same type of things we're going through, you know. How many of you have heard of uh, Denzel Washington? He... They interviewed him. He talked about how he goes through the same things that we go through, you know. And he said, money don't change you. It just reveals who you are. You know, so we had an opportunity to hear from these men, uh, Mike Mitchell, Kaka, um, all these people who have climbed and reached a certain height of, of, of uh, uh of a really elevated height in their professions and what they do. But they all talked about how they were rooted and grounded in the Lord, and that's how they were kept through the storms that they went through. Well, I want to talk about today staying focused amidst distractions. And if there's any other topic to speak of right now, I believe that it's this topic, because Immediately when Pastor George called me, this, this scriptures dropped in my spirit, and um, I knew that this is what the Lord was saying. America is going through distractions like we've never gone through before, okay? In a long time of our history, we're going through all types of distractions, All types. The body of Christ in America is going through all types of distractions. Okay? And so I want to start by reading a scripture, um, passage of scripture. It's in Joshua. And it's the first chapter. And I'm going to start at the first verse. And I'm going to read through the eighth verse. And it reads like this. 
after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. You can see the scripture up there. The son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Now, I want to pause for a moment, a couple of things to say. Because right there, you got Joshua, one of Moses' right-hand men, okay? And he has been living with Moses a long time. He has seen what, Moses, what God did through Moses in Egypt. He was with Joshua. He was with Moses for the exodus from Egypt. He was with Moses for the 40 years in the wilderness. He's seen the headaches. He's seen the heartaches. He's seen how God has dealt with Moses. And you know, it's one thing to be the right-hand man. It really is. And you get to see everything, and you're right there. You get to be involved in everything. But it's another thing when you have to step in to the prominent position. Big difference. When all the weight is on your shoulder, and you're not just the guy standing over here saying, go, brother, I'm with you. I'm holding your arms up. But now you're looking around like, who's holding my arms up? And Joshua, here God says, Joshua, I know you've lived with these knuckleheads. I know you've seen how honorary they could be. I know you've seen all the things that Moses faced, all the trials and tribulations of life that he had to deal with even after they left Egypt. But now it's your turn to take them in. Can you imagine how he felt? Now, I ain't talking about 50, 100, two or 300 people. There was, at one count, over three million. So he's dealing with a lot of folks, with a lot of personalities, with a lot of different attitudes. Okay? I don't know if you've ever been in leadership. I've been in leadership, not on a real high level, but on some level. And when you got folks, different folks, they got different attitudes. And they got different personalities. And you got to deal with them different ways. Can you imagine three million of them? He said, whoa, a lot of folks, a lot of attitudes out there, a lot of personalities out there. And now Moses is dead. I got no one to turn to except you, Lord. And the Lord said, I know that. I know that. I'm the one that told you Moses is dead. I'm reconfirming he's dead. You are not going to be able to talk to him, but you got me. And that's more than enough. You see, when we're faced with situations and circumstances, God is the more than enough, okay? 
And that's what he's telling Joshua right here. He says, now, I'm going to help you guide them into the land that I've already promised to you. Okay? Now, some of us, when we read and we hear stuff like that, or we get a prophetic dream from the Lord, or somebody speaks a prophetic word, or we get a vision, or something happens in our life, and we say, oh, yeah, this is going to happen in my life, we tend to think we're just going to walk on in. Yep, name it and claim it. Don't work like that. Don't work like that. Don't work like that. He said, I've given you the land, but you got some work to do to claim it. And Joshua already knew that because guess what? He had been over in the land and spied out. He said, there been some big boys over there, but I think we can take them. See, he was one of two that says, these some big boys over there, but we can take them because we're on the right side. See, we're on the Lord's side. How many of you know that sometimes you got to face those giants out there? You know, there's a movie out that came out a few years ago called Facing the Giants. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a pretty good movie. But we have to face giants in our lives sometimes. And those giants can appear in many different ways in our lives. But we have to know that if the Lord told us that I'm giving that to you, whether it's a career, whether it's a business, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a loved one, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a wayward child coming back, whether it's a wayward mother or father coming back to the Lord, he said, I'm giving it to you. You got to believe it. Now, I'm not shouting at you. I'm shouting to you. I get a little worked up sometimes, if you haven't noticed. Maybe it's because I'm short in stature. I want to make sure I'm being heard. But anyway, so he goes on in verse 3. He says, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you as I said to Moses. How many of you, when you walk into your workplace, you walk in like, this is mine? Hmm? You may not own it, but you can rule it. You got to know that. Hey, when I used to walk in the workplace, I used to walk in there with, with an attitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have some influence and some impact in this place. And I did, not because of me, but because of the God that I serve. Because of what he promised. He told you, wherever you go, you will have. He's giving it to you. How many of you, when you moved into your neighborhood, when you moved into your house? Oh, and by the way, let me take a pause for the cause here real quick. Uh, Annette and Ray, raise your hand back there. They just got blessed with a new home, okay? It was a God thing. 
because the home that they thought they were going to get, it all fell apart. I prayed with them. Many others prayed with them. They believed in faith. And God, I said, God's got another plan. Is that not what I told you? I said, when they told me it fell apart, I said, he got another plan. It wasn't even a month. And God revealed the other plan, and they just closed on their house. And they could use some help moving. Now, they live in Ocala, but they're moving closer to Leesburg. So if any of you have some time Monday, especially you guys, or if you know some guys that have some time Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, they can use some help moving there from there to here and, uh, to, to, to their new home and help them putting some things. So I just want to give that shout out to them right now. See, God gave them that. He promised them a new place closer, and it didn't look they had to battle through some things, didn't y'all? They had to go through some things, but now they have it. But why? Because they kept the faith. And this is what he's telling Joshua. I've already given you the land. I promised it to Moses, and I'm not a promise breaker. You know, some people, they say, I'm going to do something for you, and then you have to chase them down. Did I say that? That's not God. You don't have to chase God down. What he says he will do, he will do. All right? Not like us. And so then, verse number four, it says, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. God is bringing them into a promised land. And it didn't start with Moses. It actually started with Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm going to give you the land of the Canaanite. I'm going to give you Canaan. God, don't forget. You may not see the full of it, but God, don't forget. You may be plowing the ground for your children or your children's children, but God, don't forget. God, don't forget. God is a man of his word. What he promised to do, he will do. And some of you can testify of that. You had to wait a long time to see the promise come. 30 years, and now the promise is coming. See? Hold on. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give out. Hold on, because he will do it. Verse number five, and he said, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you the land. Now, understand this, and I love what what um, I believe was Denzel said last night. He said, quit comparing yourself to other folks. Stay in your lane. For some people, the promise is, I'm going to give you millions of dollars because I've given you the gift of giving. See, some of us, he give us some, a millions of dollars, we'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa. And we won't be thinking about God. Or his purposes. We be living it up. 
So God said, no, I ain't giving you millions. You won't know what to do with it. You're going to mess it all up. I'm going to give you something else that I know you're good with. And for some people, that may be loving on people. For some people, like Harvest, teaching people. It may just stand up and you can be like, revelation, revelation. He hasn't even opened his mouth yet. You can feel the anointing of the revelation that God has released. I didn't know Harvest. I said, I'm going to sneak in here and see what this guy is all about, you know, because I, I, I thought I knew a little something, you know. I did. I'm a, the first time I saw him, I said, I've got a few years in. Yeah, I know a little something. He opened his mouth. I'm like, dang, I don't know nothing, man. Back to the book again. So God will give us different things for the assignment that he has for your life. So quit looking at somebody else and trying to live their testimony. Live your own. And this is what he's trying to help Joshua. Don't try to be Moses. Be Joshua. I have an assignment for you, though. When you came through the canal and you were born, God said, I have an assignment for you. There are many that didn't come out of the canal alive, but you did. And I don't care where you are in life right now. I don't care what you think about yourself right now. I don't care what you've been through right now. God has an assignment for you. There's a purpose for your life. And it's not to meander around in the little things. Because we have a great God. I want everybody to say that. I got a great God and a better father. So it doesn't matter what you've been through. There's a purpose for you being in this room today. There's a purpose in you hearing this today. Wherever you are right now, he can take you from that place. It took Moses 80 years to figure it out. 80 years, God said, I got to wait, I got to wait, I got to wait. You got to go through some things. And when Moses was finally called, guess what? You're like, I, 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 I can't even talk now. You know, I used to be a prince in Egypt, but now I, 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 I can't even talk. He said, oh, all right, Aaron can talk for you. But I got an anointing, and I got an assignment for you. So don't ever think you're too old. Don't ever think you're too young. Don't ever think you missed it too much. For God to do something with you, the assignment that he has for you. Whatever it is that he has called you to do, you need to get up before the Lord and find out what it is and start following him to get it done. Because there are lies, and I'm not trying to put this on you, but I know what the Lord says. There are lies that are hanging in the balance based upon what you decide to do with your life.
There are people who I could preach the walls down. Harvest could teach the walls down. Darren could prophesy over them. Lewis could prophesy over them. And they ain't even trying to hear it. But because they relate to you, you walk up to them and say a few things to them, and bam, their life has changed. See? So whoever you are, whatever, you are, whatever you're doing, think about this. You have been born for a purpose. And that purpose is not to just go through life and make some money and have some nice things. That's all well and good. Your primary purpose is to advance the kingdom of God. Figure it out. The earlier you start, the better. I'm talking to some of y'all young adults. Okay? He has a purpose for you. Let me move on. Say, why he always screaming at us? And it says, no man, I want you to hear this, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I tell people all the time, because I've lived through it myself, Nobody can stop you from your destiny except you. I want everybody to say that. No one can stop me from my destiny but me. Say it again. No one can stop me from my destiny but me. No one can stop me from my destiny but me. Now I want you to stand up and say it like you really mean it. All right? I want you to stand up and say it like you really mean it. I want you to point to yourself, and I want you to say it like you really mean it. No one can stop me from my destiny except me. All right, you can have a seat. It's true. That is the God's honest truth. No one can stop you. Like he said, no man will be able, either you believe God's word or you don't. God is not a respecter of person. What he did for Joshua, he can do for you. That's why he put it in the book for us to read. And then he says, but this is what it's going to take. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Now, why did he say that to Joshua? Because he knew Joshua was going to face some obstacles. So he said, be strong, okay? Be strong. What he's talking about, have a resolve. Have a resolve that I'm going to make. Be resolute. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be able to do what you're asking me to do. You have to have a resolve deep inside of you that you are. 
Doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. Okay? What side of the track you were born on, whether you have two parents, one parents, or no parents. Doesn't matter. God told you something, you have to resolve in yourself, it's going to happen. Because he's your daddy. Ultimately. But you got to be strong and you have good courage. Because you go face some things. Okay? Courage is not the absence of fear. It's something that drives you beyond your fear. Okay? It's a resolve that says, hey, and I shared this with a couple of people the other day. I was watching the newscast, and there was this guy. He was a special forces guy. And the guy was talking to him, and he was, I guess, either in Afghanistan or, or Iraq. And he was talking about how he was in this, he was on this, in this firefight, and how he was going down towards the enemy, and he was shooting his weapon, and the bullets were flying, and one hit him here, knocked his helmet off, one hit him somewhere else. And he said something that really got my attention. And I couldn't shake it. He said, in that moment, I felt the greatest peace I've ever felt. I'm like, Maybe they hit his brain and scramble some things. But there was a resolve in him that what I'm doing is greater than me. See, when you have that kind of peace working on the inside, ain't no stopping you. It's just not. Obstacles will come in your way, you go, okay. All right, that one I'll step over. This one I'll just sidestep, you know. That one I'm going to just bust through. Whatever it takes, okay? Be strong and courageous. It says, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Okay? Israel been waiting a long time. Over 400 years, they were in captivity. And by the way, he had told, he had told Abraham, it's going to be 430 years. The first 30 years going to be good. The, the last 400 years, y'all going to be in captivity. Okay? But now he says, I'm bringing you to the promised land. I already swore to your fathers, but this is the generation that I'm bringing in. And... Joshua, you are the commander and chief of this operation. I've chosen you. It's like God has chosen you. I'm working on something right now with my dear friend Robin. And we're, we're hitting some obstacles. But we have a resolve that this thing is going to happen. We do. Ain't no stopping us. Because God is on our side. Okay? So he says, be strong and be of good courage. 
because I'm going to give you this land. Now, whenever the Bible repeats something, that means you really need to pay attention. So in the next verse, verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous. Now, God is warning him, this ain't going to be easy. And unfortunately, somebody, done, some of y'all, like I did initially, jumped into this Christian life and says, I'm supposed to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peace that passes understanding. Oh, God. And you are my provider. The cattle on the thousand hills are yours. The silver and the gold is yours. Where's mine? He said, boy, I'm coming up empty, boy. I ain't got no joy right now. Got no peace right now. My, my household is just going nuts. You know? I was like, wow, God, I just, I just threw that on there. And I just said, it is well. And then the guy hacks into my account. But I have a resolve. See? Got to be very strong and courageous. If you've ever talked to entrepreneurs who started businesses, and there may be some of you sitting in this room, who are successful, they had to go through some things, a lot of things. And sometimes they were like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'm going to keep trying. And there were obstacles and there were difficulties, and, you know, because you think, I got this great idea, I can see it, I have the vision out there, let's go for it. And then you start boom, bam, pow, pow. And all of these things start coming at you. you say, well, I didn't think about that, well, I didn't know about that, well, I didn't understand that. But when you have the resolve, knowing that God is on your side, and he has told you to do what you're supposed to do, then you do it. I felt like when I was in high school, I was supposed to go into engineering. You're a black man in engineering in the 70s? I don't know about that. I said, I'm going. And I had a resolve. And I went through some obstacles. But you know what? engineering degree spent 35 years in the electronics field made it to management why because I have a resolve that God what you said you were going to do with my life is going to happen I just have to be very courageous and very strong to go through the obstacles See, when I was in basic training, they had us doing a gazillion exercises all the time. How many of you have been in the military? They have you doing a gazillion, and you'd be like, this is crazy. Why am I doing all of this? It's because they're building resolve in you. They're preparing you because they want to know, are you going to crack? 
when, this, when the difficulty comes or can I count on you? And so God is saying this to Joshua because he wants to know, Joshua, can I count on you? This is what you're going to have to go through, okay? And then in verse 8, this is where I really want to sit down because this is where distractions, I told you we were talking about distractions, okay? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This book, this book, this book, this book of the law, shall you stay in it, what? Day and night. Some of y'all for skipping some days. And you wonder why your advancement is not going as fast as it should be. This book of the law, day and night. That means regularly you should be in it. And notice he says, he says, to do according to what it says. This book of the law, okay, day and night, that you may observe what's in there, but then he says, you got to do it. It's not enough to just read it, but you got to do it. And that's where I believe a lot of the distractions come in. Because I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people say, I know the word. I say, okay. And then they'll quote me a scripture. Yes, I know the word. Bro, I know the word. I said, so why your life is such a mess? If you know the word, you should be living the word. If you have an intellectual ascent, it's like me coming out of college. I got my degree. I stepped in with the engineer, and they said, you don't know nothing, bro. You don't know nothing about the real deal. Now we're going to teach you what the real deal is. All you got is that we can teach you. you. You have shown that you are teachable. That's what your degree says. You are teachable. Now we're going to show you what the real deal is. Okay? When you read it, that just says God saying to you, are you teachable? But when you do it, now God sees that it's happening. So it's not enough. And this is where the distractions come in. It says, uh, what are distractions? The, a distraction is anything that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. It could be health. It could be relationships. It could be finances. It could be leisure. It could be your work. It could be your ministry. It could be your family. 
could be you chasing love or you lusting for something. It could be a lot of different things. Distractions come in all different shapes and forms, okay? You, buy, you better recognize when a distraction is coming. And a distraction is anything that takes your attention away to something else. We're entering the season where I have to fight distractions <clears throat> because I love the sport of football. And it's a distraction sometimes because I'm, I'm going, I know I should be in the Word. That game is on. A couple of years ago, I said, thank God for DVR. Because now I can just DVR it and watch it sometime later. And then every once in a while, a thunderstorm comes through and the DVR don't work. I really get annoyed. It's just God saying, see, that's a distraction. That's what I believe it is. Every so, every so often, whatever it is, for some of you, it may be something else. But whatever is taking your attention away from God is a distraction. Okay? Because all of our life is a worship. Worship is not Sunday morning. Worship is not raising our hands and singing a song. Worship is a lifestyle that gives honor to God. So every day of the week, every hour of the day, every minute of every hour, every second of every minute, we should be honoring God with our life. That's worship. We have compartmentalized it to two and a half hours on a Sunday morning or when I'm singing a song in my car. But your whole life is worship. Talking to a young man last night, I said, you know, I've had a lot of influence where I used to work, seeing people come to the Lord, seeing people's lives affected, because I had a commitment to do what, to, to honor God, to worship God with my life. Now, I'm perfect, oh, by any stretch of the imagination. Sometimes I really screw it up and really screw it up bad. Okay. All you got to do is talk to my wife or children. They say, oh, yeah, I can attest to that. He screws it up, and he screws it up really bad sometimes. And close friends will know. But because I had a pure heart to live for God, he used me in many different ways in the workplace. You see, this life that we live is not just for a few hours here. It's not just to be part of a team here. This is to go out and shine your light. Let your light shine so who can see it? The whole world. That's what is the purpose. Don't get distracted. How many of you work? Okay. How many of you love the work that you're doing? A few less hands. Those of you who don't love the work that you're doing, 
Here's what I want you to ask the Lord the next time you get ready to go to work. God, what is my assignment here? The place that you're at is not just to earn a paycheck. You have an assignment. If God's got you there, whether by accident, incident, or intentionality, you have an assignment and it's greater than just a paycheck. And when you start going to work with that resolve in you, you will have impact and influence. You, just like he's telling Joshua, will take the land. I had people that made oodles of more money than me would come to me and say, hey, hey, man, can I talk to you for a minute? You know, I got an issue. I'm like, yeah, we can talk. I had customers sometimes. Customers just like, blah, 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 just throwing up on me. And I'm listening, and I say a few things back to her. She says, I like, are you one of them Christian folks? I'm like, yeah, I'm one of them Christian folks. She says, you like a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. She said, I thought so. That's why I could talk to you so much. I said, I just want to say, shut up. But I said, yeah. But she just felt this way to talk to me. And it wasn't me going in wearing this big old cross on my chest or anything like this. I had no signs. I was incognito. I was flying under the radar. But God pointed me out. Why? Because I had a life that I wanted to live for him every day. Okay? Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. It's coming our way. This COVID thing is distracting a lot of people. They're more concerned about the COVID than they are about God. I'm like, I, I love one interview I heard. They asked this one lady. They said, your mother died from COVID. What do you think about this? This was back when, 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 uh, when Trump was in office. Yo, yo, before the election and all that stuff. They said, what, what do you think about this? And she looked right into the camera. And she says, Trump is not God. And God is the giver of life. And he is the one that determines when your life will end. And suddenly they cut away. Wonder Why? See, we got to understand that our life is in his hands. And I know that's hard to take sometimes, especially when you see a young person die. Okay? You say, but, but, but he was just starting his life. We don't know. God may say, that's all the time that I wanted him to spend on this earth because he's done everything that I wanted him to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, super insensitive. But everybody has an appointed time. We all do. I can stay home, wear a thousand masks, stay away from everybody, and lightning comes. Boom. I can't be distracted from living life for the Lord because of
something that's going on that's beyond my control. Either you believe in him or you don't believe in him. Either you believe that all things are possible through him or you don't. Either you believe that he is God Almighty and beside him there is no other or you don't. That's what Joshua had to understand. God has this conversation because I'm getting ready to do something with you that I've never done with you. But you got to know and you got to believe that I'm more than enough. See, I'm the more than enough. Sometimes I feel like, God, you better take this long a little bit because I don't know if you're more than enough because I'm getting weighed down. Just about the time I'm about to say I'm about to fall to the ground. By his grace. Not that he always takes everything away, but he gives me the grace to be able to do like this and go. All right. Got my second win. I'm in it to win it. See? And what we have to understand is we can't be distracted. Guys, we have to be so careful. The enemy will come at you all kind of ways. And one of the greatest ways that he likes to come at us is through family. Either sickness in the family, relational issues in the family, fam family financial issues, whatever the case may be, he will come at you in every way that he can. And we have to recognize where he's coming from. We have to recognize who it is that's coming at us and not be distracted, okay? See, that's what happened to Samson. Samson got distracted because of his lust. Because of his lust, he got distracted. He has been chosen to be a judge over Israel. But because of his lust, he got distracted, and it cost him. David got distracted one morning. It might have been the evening. I don't remember. But he got distracted because he saw a beautiful babe, you know. And I was telling some of the young single guys, I'm like, you know, you guys need to hang out with some brothers. And they're looking at me like, <laughs> dude, I ain't trying to marry no brother. I'm trying to marry a woman. I said, yeah, but you need to hang out with the brother so you be prepared for the woman that you're going to marry. So you're hanging out with all the women, but you ain't prepared for the wife. And vice versa. Ladies, you need to hang out with the women so you can learn how to be the wife for the husband that God's sending you. He's trying to find you. That husband's out there looking. You need to be prepared because all any of y'all that's been married for any length of time know it's more than a notion. <laughs> you go into that thing like, I got no one, I got no one. Ooh. 
you're like, yeah, I finally found her, baby. I'm hitched. Oh, yeah, this is good. About a week later, you're like, oh, God, she changed. He changed. No, you just seeing the full deal. You see, marriage is supposed to reflect God. It's supposed to reflect the relationship between Christ and the church. And I know there are many days that Christ probably turns to the Father and goes, Boy, that's bride that you gave me. Woo! Oh, my God. If I wasn't God, mm, I don't know. I might give him up. But he stays married to us in spite of us. And so I'm telling you, be prepared. Get around people. Prepare yourself for whatever it is. If you, got, if you believe God called you to be an entrepreneur, get around entrepreneurs, godly entrepreneurs. God called you into a certain profession or a certain, and this is what I was telling some of the young single guys last night, and I'm happy that they were here. I said, y'all think that we all a bunch of old dogs, but guess what? There's nothing new under the sun. The same needs and the same desires you had, we had them too. The faces may change, the technology may change, but the same thing that you want, we want it. But now that we got it, you better come and listen to us before you get it so you know what to do with it. We get distracted. So many things. I was talking to a young man. He's going to college and trying to do everything. I said, man, I said, let me say something to you. I says, you need to carve out some time to be around other men. It's great that you're listening to the podcast. It's great that you're listening to all these things. But if you work, 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 and go to school and work and go to school and you're never hanging around with somebody, how are you ever going to be influenced by them? You see? That's why God calls us the body of Christ. Worship team, y'all can come on up. Are y'all getting something from this? We got to learn how to stay focused. And the word focus is defined as the center of interest or activity. We have to learn how to keep God as the center of our interest and our activity. God the Father has to be the center of our interest and our activity. Some of y'all are thinking about careers, and you might want to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? Instead of looking at the dollar signs behind this degree. See? Some of the wealthiest people in the world never went to college. Some of them did go to college. Some of them went part of the way through college. See, what we want to do is find out what do you want from my life and then go after that. Quit.
quit going after what you want out of life. Go after what God wants out of life because you know what? When he, God, when you're doing what he wants you to do, he said, I'll be with you. Come here, Lewis. God is saying, Lewis, I want you to go that way. And you look at over there and say, ain't no money in that. Ain't no frame in that. And Lewis decides he's going to go this way. God is still standing here, Lord. I ain't with you. Moses realized that. Moses said, look, I ain't even moving the camp unless you're with me. When you say go, I'm going to go. When you say stay, I'm going to stay. See, some of us are walking, and we wonder where God is. And God said, I didn't tell you to go that way. I'm still over here waiting for you to come over back here so we can walk together this way. And that might be a relationship that God said, get out of it, get out of it, get out of it. And you're like, but... so fine. Got a lot of things going on for me. God said, get out of it. Listen, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. I'm going to keep saying that. Don't be distracted. There's so many, there's so much more I could say about this. But we have to be careful because they're coming. Do you understand that whatever God wants you to do, Satan is trying to prevent you from doing it? Whoever God wants you to be, be with, Satan is trying to prevent you from being with that one. However God wants you to live, Satan is trying to prevent you from living that way. I counseled a few couples. And one of them said, Pastor Keith, I don't know, I don't know if we need this counseling because we've been together for a long time. We've been together for 10 years. I said, yeah, living for the devil for 10 years. He don't care about that. Yeah, but we Christians. I said, you don't care about that. You're not in covenant. Soon as we start counseling, one of the first things I tell them, especially if they've been living together and they're still living together, I said, stop having sex. I said, I'm going to ask you, just your decision, but stop having sex. Because you need to find out if you with her because of her, or you with her because of what you get, or you with him because of what you get. See what I'm understanding? I said, stop it. They said, as soon as we stopped, the whole hell started breaking loose. I said, I, I knew it. I told you the first day, devil gonna get mad at you. But you gotta be strong and be of courage. Well, they went through it. Some of them went through it, some of them didn't go through it. Once they did go through, they said, you know what? Now that we made a commitment, we see things coming around God's way. We have more peace. We have more joy. You understand? This 
what I'm trying to say to you. I'm trying to say stay focused on him. The way you stay focused on him, stay in the word. Stay in the word. John 1 says what? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So what you're reading is God. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer. Stay in worship. And stay around godly people. It's not that you can't be have have not that you stay away from uh, uh, worldly people. But like I told another young man, I said your best friends now that you're in Christ should not be worldly friends. Your best friends should be godly friends. There needs to be a shift and a change in who you're hanging out with. Birds of a feather. If you're spending too much time with the wrong folks, you will be influenced by them. So I just wanted to release that to you today because I see it happening all around. People are divided over all types of social issues. They're listening to the news too much. Turn off the news, some of y'all. Some of you need to turn off that news and go to this news. Whose report will you believe? Well, if you don't know his report, you can't believe his report. So I just wanted to release that. I love you guys. I love you. Those who are watching online, I love you. I want to see God's best for you. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.